are in the Hellcats. Let's see how this goes. Hey. Okay. All right. Welcome to. Oh man, that car is gonna be loud. Welcome to this episode of the Hooniverse podcast. I'm trying to see which way is better. I'm holding my phone in front of my face while I'm driving, but I'm not looking at it because that would be bad. Tomorrow, off to drive a brand new vehicle. Heading to Scottsdale, Arizona in the AM to drive the new Audi RS5. That should be good. Uh, I have no idea which engine is actually in it, if it's the four liter twin turbo or if it's the inline five with uh, you know, the RS3 TTRS motor. That would be fun. But for now, we have a, a, a powerful car. This is the 700 ho- 707 horsepower Challenger Hellcat, and specifically it's the wide body Hellcat, it's the wide boy. It's got 305 square stance, it still has that wonderful, wonderful 707 horsepower motor, like I just said, and it is just as fun to drive, and it is just as easy to break traction. You put it in sport mode, and that is the most fun mode to drive it around. I actually put it in custom. I I, I tweak a few of the settings, put some things in street, put some things in sport, maybe one or two things in track, like the transmission, and then you wind up with a Hellcat that fits the flavor of driving you want to do. But the the traction control in sport is relaxed, and (laughs) I don't even know if it would matter if it was relaxed because you, if you press the gas quickly, the throttle, you spin tire no matter what. It's a really easy car to drive and have fun with, but it's also really easy to get way over your head. So I think that's kind of fun, the dual nature of the Hellcat. It's comfortable inside. This one is a lot of money. This one is $70,000, but I mean, I feel like you should price vehicles with this much power this high. Because if this was a a $40,000 car, it might not be as good a story because everybody would be dead. But that RS5 should be fun too, though. I mean, it'll feel slow. It's gonna feel slow when you go from Hellcat to RS5, but it should still be good. The, the problem is the roads around Scottsdale are, are usually just kind of mediocre, which isn't a good sign for the car, but Audi is making good cars with pretty much everything they do, so the car's still probably gonna be good. I'm sure there are good roads that, to be found. Hold on, let me get around this person who is very slow. Yep, supercharger wine. Uh, see if I can catch this light without crashing and ending this podcast very early. So interesting note of where I'm coming from. Well, specifically, I literally just um, stopped by to see my Mercedes, my 74 Benz, because some work was done on it and I just went to uh, pay them so that while I'm gone, either someone can pick the car up for me. Hold on, I'm moving a bag around. Someone can pick the car up for me or... Um, I'm just going to pick it up when I get back. But uh, a couple things we did. So it was running rough before um, when I went to drop it off. It was stumbling. It was backfiring a bit. And the car was already going into the shop so that the door seal and the um, the door seals could all be done. So that's kind of nice to get that done. The doors close awesomely now. It's going to be quiet in there when I drive it. The screw I broke on the side view mirror has been fixed. Um the window channel run, he put it in as best he could, but it's the wrong one and they do not make it for my car anymore. They still make the one for the coupe, but they do not make the one for the sedan and that really sucks. Apparently they changed it after the 74 model year and that, I mean, that just the blows. I'm going to talk to Classic Center and see if there's anything they can do, but we shall see. Ooh, this person's blocking traffic like a dickhole. 
stupid, stupid dickhole. Um, I'm going to have to shout at them with my supercharger. Um, so the, uh, the, the car was running rough and it, apparently my rotor was cracked. So we've replaced that. There's going to be a new battery cause the battery died as well. Uh, and it's, it should be starting better and driving better. And I'm really excited about all of that. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with it because I feel like I haven't driven it in a while, and that's a bummer. I really like driving that. That I really like driving my Benz. It's just a comfortable car. It actually calms me down because you don't go fast. You know, when you're in the Hellcat, you're constantly thinking like, you know, don't don't match the throttle, don't match the throttle. Though I'm pulling onto a highway, so hold on. Yeah, okay. You got to do that when you pull onto a highway. Um, as I try to merge with this UPS guy who is having no fucks doesn't care what car you're in he wants to get over his shift is done all right so yeah excited about the bends there's still a few things i wanted to do but i i I just didn't want to dole out too much cash at once on it because i mean it's not an expensive car to begin with and i don't want to sink all of my funds into it i still need to do some paintless dent repair i want to pull some of those dents out there's not a ton of them but they do bother me and i want to do that i have the uh dr color chip correction kit which i got and i still haven't used i got to do that because i want to shoot that for video too that'll be good but i'm excited to get the car back and i really 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 need to focus on the wagon though i know i say that all the time but um I, I will buckle down soon. I have an idea. I'm going to talk to a shop and, and see what they might be able to do just to get an idea if it's feasible at this time to go with them. So we'll see. Stand by on that one. What else have I been driving? I drove that Durango SRT for Truck Central, uh, shooting truck reviews for them. That thing was really good. Um, 475 horsepower Durango is a fun machine. It's, it's It looks good. It's comfortable inside. It's not cheap. I think that one was $70,000 as well. But it was a nice machine. I also spent time with a Toyota Land Cruiser recently. That thing is a dinosaur. That thing is very old. It's it's colossally expensive. The one I drove was $90,000. But when you drive it for a bit, you realize it is, I mean, it is it is just endlessly capable. You can, you can do stuff off-road with minimal effort, and you can go far. You can cruise the land, as the name implies. So it's expensive, but it, it was nice inside. It was comfortable. I took it to Big Bear with my family for the weekend. Uh, it has a hydraulic-based roll mitigation system, so the curvy road up to Big Bear wasn't that bad, which was I expected you know, to be flopping around, and, um, but it, that wasn't the case at all. That, that is a pretty wonderful machine. It's one of those machines where the average person looks at it and goes, there's no way that thing is worth $90,000. And then the people who know a bit about what it is and what it can do, even though it's dated, just kind of nod their head and go, yep, that th- I mean, that's a hell of a rig. That is a hell of a rig. So that thing was that thing was pretty sweet. I'm trying to think about what cars I have coming coming up, uh, even though I'm mostly just excited to get my Mercedes back. So we're driving the RS5. That'll be interesting. I might do another podcast from there after I drive it to talk about that car a little bit. Oh, I was saying where I came from. Uh, I came from the Benz, but before that, I was somewhere else. Um, a guy I worked with when I did that one season of Top Gear US, uh, he reached out to me because he's working on a new special for the History Channel. So I, I haven't been told I can't talk about this, so I'm just going to talk about it. The History Channel is working on a two-hour special about trucks, like the history of trucks. And they brought me in to ask me a bunch of questions about like a, a, lot, of, a lot of topics. 
so I had to do a bit of homework so I knew vaguely what I was talking about um, but it should be cool so I'm gonna be in a special on the History Channel about trucks I'm, I'm sure I'm one of you know a bunch of talking heads and then there's a narrator <clears throat> and we're just doing we're just saying like the why is this truck important stuff I've never even really heard of but had to do some research on like Freuhoff which was the first semi-trailer company which is actually really interesting because if you think about that that transformed the way that we move goods in this country and helped was one of the things that helped lead to the development of the interstate. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, the four wheel drive company and their 1908, it was either 1908 or 1919 battleship. You know, the, the founder of that company invented the double YU joint and ushered in a, a new type of non-chain driven four wheel drive systems. So there's some pretty cool stuff. So I, I think I know, I think I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but we'll see how they cut it together. Um, either way, it was fun to just sit down and talk to a camera about, about vehicles. So makes me miss my truck a little bit, but again, still happy with the Benz. So there's that. That's good. And my truck is still chugging along. So that's good too. Uh, what else? Oh, we have the, um, coming up soon. We have the Alfa Romeo. We're finally getting to drive the Giulia Quadrifoglio, the Quadrifuglo, the Fusili. I'm very excited to, I keep saying very excited a lot. I'm very excited to see how long that lasts before I check in a check engine light comes on. Can't wait. That'll be a thrill. Everyone who has it, it breaks down or throws a code or something. I think Matt Farah just had it, and it it, it threw codes. It, it it's insane that that's a car that's on sale to the public and it does that. Um, but we'll see. I either way, it's supposed to be a blast to drive, so that should be fun. I'm gonna get my grubby mitts on the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk soon. Honestly, that's probably going to be one of the most thrilling Hellcat vehicles to drive just because it has the four-wheel drive. I'm I'm genuinely curious to see if you can rip through all four tires, but it's also going to launch the hardest of all of them outside of, you know, the Demon maybe. But this the thing with this one is it'll hook up. It, it has four-wheel drive, and so sending 707 horsepower out to all four wheels instead of two wheels might help. You know, it's funny that this this Hellcat, the Wide Boy Hellcat, wears these 305 tires. Um, it doesn't, on the street, it doesn't make a difference. It, it really doesn't. This, it's, and I love this, I love the Hellcat. I've driven a few of them. It's an intimidating vehicle, but after you've driven them a bit, it, it you just start smiling and laughing. Every chance when there's nobody around is a chance for assholery and shenanigans. You can just effortlessly and very controllably slide the rear end of this thing around and just hold it there and apply the throttle and go. And this, I think the sport mode, the traction sport mode helps me feel like I'm better at this than I am, which is probably a really good thing because it's keeping me safe. Interestingly though, if you put it in track mode, it actually allows for less slip because it wants you to, you know, be good on the track. So it keeps you more in line. So if you do get a chance to hop in a Hellcat, sport mode is more fun than track mode. Unless you're on a track, then go into track mode. Unless you, or I mean, maybe you want to be a drift all-star. So you put it in sport mode there too. Or if you're a pure animal, turn it all off and, and give it a go and see how good you are at catching the steering wheel from spinning in the other direction. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm just looking at where I need to be traffic wise. I think I need to get a lane over. Um, yep, going. Okay. There we go. 
So we have the Trackhawk, we have the Quadrifolio. I have a few more trucks coming up. I'm getting my hands on the Colorado ZR2 to shoot for Truck Central. I've driven it before and I loved it. It was great. I would prefer a Raptor, but the ZR2 is an awesome is an awesome package. I'm also getting the Tahoe RST, which I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what engine it has, but I think it has a, a pumped up V8 under the hood. I mean, of course it has a V8, but I think it has a, a juiced up one a little bit. Bradley Brownell drove it for us and he could answer all the questions, but I honestly, I, I have no clue what to expect going in. I think it's just a little bit more potent Tahoe and that could be fun or terrible. We'll see. Um, that'll be for Truck Central as well. But I'm going to be posting these Truck Central videos on Hooniverse after I do them. You know, a little cross-promotion doesn't hurt. So that'll be kind of fun. I, I, there's some there's some fun stuff going on right now in the YouTube space. Not necessarily with me. You know, nothing's happening fun with me. But I've been, I've been having a lot of fun, I got to say, watching uh, Tavares' videos. Freddie has grown the shit, and there was no segue there, I just kind of transitioned into this, Freddie has grown the shit out of that channel, um, he has tons of subscribers now, he's moving to post content every day, and he is genuinely doing interesting stuff with cars, documenting it, doing the wrenching himself, and having a whole lot of fun, I mean, he just sold a janky ass Aston Martin, that he, you know, he repaired a bit, and he just bought the worst, but running, still running, Lamborghini Gallardo Spider in the country, the cheapest running Gallardo or something like that. I mean, he is clearly having loads of fun with his channel, and that is a very good thing. That's how you build subscribers. That's how you continually churn out content. So three cheers to Freddie for doing that really, really well. I'm really happy to see that channel do as well as it has been. Um, just trying to see what lane. I'm at the, if you know California, I'm at the 22575 interchange, and I always forget exactly which lane because there's three lanes and one goes one way, and it's a bit trafficy. And I'm trying to record a podcast, which is ill advised. Uh, also, making sure there are no police behind me because that would be even more ill advised. Uh, but I should be good in this lane. Yeah, I'm fine. All right, five south. There we go. Um, I got to drive this Hellcat to the airport tomorrow. And when you drop off a press car at John Wayne Airport, you drop it off at the valet station, which is great because it's right outside the terminal. I hope I just I hope they don't do dumb things to this. It's not I mean, it's not my problem if they do, but I, I would hate to see that happen. It's never been a problem with cars I've left there. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Let's change lanes and go. God, I love that supercharger wine. Is that not the best? Let's do it again. That is how you pass people when merging onto the five freeway. Uh, this is this is a just a. It's ridiculous that this car exists. Let's put it that way. Um, the fact that Dodge has a 707 horsepower Challenger that can do what it can do is, is wild. It's still wild, even though the car's been out for a few years. And even the, the Hellcat hasn't lost its edge, even though the demon exists. Mostly because you're, it's gonna be rare to see a demon. I'm probably never gonna drive a demon because they're not putting them in the press fleet. So the Hellcat is as close as I'll get to that insanity. And it's pretty darn close. I mean, drag slicks and a race gas tune away and, and you're nearly there, so, but, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that a car like the Hellcat exists. I look forward to possibly seeing a Hellcatted 
Ram truck because, I mean, how can they not make that next? It would be cool if they Hellcatted the Durango because the SRT version was already so fun. That's really Chrysler's business plan at this point. Hellcat everything. And you know what? I'm giving them a thumbs up. One of the automakers needs to be bananas and, and who knew it was going to be Chrysler? So that's fun. <clears throat> uh, just reminded me of all the random you know, trucks and stuff I just talked about for the History Channel, though. We covered the Little Red Express truck, which was kind of fun to talk about. We covered the Chevy Cameo, which is a cool one that most of you might not know of, which is kind of the first luxury truck. Um, something funny about the Cameo, I thought, was that you know, for modern trucks, Chevy just shit on Ford for using aluminum in its body construction. Well, back in the day, Chevy used fiberglass for the bed construction of the Cameo, and you know, that, they took a chance. And, and no, I don't think anybody really shit on them for that. I could be wrong. Maybe Ford at the time was like fiberglass. What the hell are you doing? So who knows? The you know, truck markets are an interesting thing, and truck history is is kind of all over the place. But it's fun. You, you learn a bit more once you own one. You kind of get pulled into that rabbit hole of truck stuff, which I did when I after I bought my F100. And I still think about them from time to time. I, I won't lie. I've been looking at um, FJs, uh, 70s and 80s FJs, Toyota, you know, the Toyota Land Cruiser on... There's been some cool ones that have popped up on Bring a Trailer, but those are out of my budget. Um, not that I, I, everything's out of my budget. I would have to sell everything to get anything new, and I, I don't want to do that right now. Having fun with the Mercedes, there's still some enjoyment to be had with my Mercedes sedan for a while. Though at some point, that might have to go so the Wombat can live. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to talk to, when I talk to this one shop, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is going on. I, I hate doing super short podcast episodes, and this one right now is super short. Uh, but I, when I when I get to a place when I can stop, I'm going to answer a few Patreon questions that'll stretch it out a little bit. Um, but I'm going to take a break here so I can finish tr- uh, driving through traffic, and then when I get to my garage, I'm going to pull up these Patreon questions. And you know what? No time will pass for you. It'll it'll be like a brief a brief whisper, and then all of a sudden it'll be like bang. Okay, see that was magic. In the garage, let me get to the first question. Dan Mosqueda asks, "Did you do any off road driving in Kauai? I was recently in Kauai for vacation with my wife and daughter. He says they found some wicked trails, but we had a crappy Jeep compass, so we tempered our off road adventures." On the Big Island, we had a Nissan Xterra, which performed brilliantly. We found some gnarly off-road trails there. No, because I rented a Ford Focus, and we just kind of relaxed at the beach and explored and did a little bit of hiking. Uh, When your kid is between two and three, you don't get the chance to really go off on serious adventures because you have to deal with nap times and changing diapers and all that stuff. But we will be back and we will take her on bigger adventures. Um, But Kauai Kauai was really awesome. Uh, the Advocate. Um, I'm still catching up on a lot of past episodes, but do want to watch the Engineering Explained video when I get the chance. Uh, I've got a few inquiries. What's your thoughts on Alpha returning to F1? I mean, hopefully the car doesn't doesn't break. Um, in regards to Jason, I haven't gotten a chance to watch his video on why back pressure is unnecessary, but is this good enough information and reasoning to allegedly take my cats and mufflers out and run open long tubes with an X-pipe? And he did a little sarcasm tag, but I say yes. Craig on McBride. A couple of questions about big brake kits. Oh, see, I wish Chris Hayes was here for this because he's better at this shit. 
Should I put them on before I add big power? Is the savings worth not taking it to a shop to have the kit put on? I have the chops, but barely have the time. I'll get to those first. Uh, yeah, you should put on better brakes before you add big power because it'll be, it, I, I, you don't want it to be the other way around. Um, if you can do it, just, I mean, carve out a weekend and do it. Um, yeah, I think the savings financially would be dramatic. If you are making the money and, and it doesn't matter, then fuck it. But I say wrench and become closer to your vehicle, even though I was just talking about all the shit I had done to mine at a shop. He also asked, what cliches have you heard about Hellcats that your drive is currently putting to bed? Um, everybody talks about how they can't take corners. They're not as nimble as a sports car, but they are better at corners than you think, especially when everything is set to track. The traction control really helps keep the ship moving in the right direction. Um, everything else is really true. It's just, it is a hilarious vehicle. It is, it is, it is too much power, and it is wonderful for it. Um, also, finally got the Hooniverse sticker on my 370Z. Wanted to say thanks. Keep up the great work on the podcast. You are welcome. Thank you. So, <clears throat> yeah, the, the Hellcat is cliche, but, you know, that's what that's what happens. Now, non-automotive news, I've been really enjoying uh, my mountain bike. I bought a Trek Fuel EX9. It was like a 2015 model off a neighbor friend who's getting out of mountain biking. Uh, I've been having a, a lot of fun doing that. And um, there, you actually... Some of the skills you learn driving cars on racetracks, believe it or not, translate because you should keep your you should keep your eyes way up. Look, look, really look ahead at what's coming. Look at the next turn. Um, if you don't, you could be in trouble. The suspension on this bike is incredible. Um, it's a dual suspension bike, so there's different damping settings. You have to worry about brake bias, front brakes, rear bi- rear brakes, uh, gearing, all kinds of neat things that actually. There's a lot of crossover between automotive knowledge and this mountain biking stuff, so that's been a whole lot of fun. So if you're into mountain biking, I've already been talking to some of you, but feel feel free to hit me up with tips and suggestions or just share stories, and I'm, I'm getting into this world a little bit, and so far I'm really enjoying it, so that's been fun too. So got a little bit of travel coming up. Um, you got the RS5 in Scottsdale. I didn't mention it on this podcast, but I think I've mentioned it before. I'm going to be driving the Stinger GT in Crested Butte in the snow. We've got the Alpha Julia. We've got the Tahoe RST. We've got this Hellcat. Um, what else was there? The Trackhawk is coming up. The ZR2 is coming up. So we've got some good cars coming up uh, and just working on some more content. I want to do some more shift happens once I get the bends back in here. I haven't been able to do those in a little bit. The v- review of this Hellcat, um, just we didn't have a lot of time to shoot it. It might be a modified shift happen happens type video. So there's that going on. And then we'll have more in-studio podcasts soon. Haven't been able to do those just because of uh, various schedules haven't been lining up. So I apologize for all of those, but I wanted to get this one out to you. So you have something to soothe your ear holes. And if I can get a guest, maybe I'll do one at the Audi drive. But if not, we'll be back in studio soon with Chris. Uh, We're going to try to get Jonathan Klein on a few episodes as well. And uh, I'd like to get Alana Cher on too, ever since the Roadkill Mag went under and just talked to her about all of that because she's always a great guest to talk about that stuff as well. So thank you for listening. Sorry this one is so short. I hope you enjoy it, you know, for the 20 minutes plus that it's on. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow at The Real Hooniverse. Follow me on Instagram 
at Hooniverse Jeff, and then go to our YouTube channel and go to our website, Hooniverse.com, and read stories. And then, hey, why not go to iTunes and uh, rate and review this podcast and all that good stuff. Um, if you have any questions, also feel free to email me, Jeff at Hooniverse.com. Bye.